Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. to the IELTS channel, IELTS Radio with your host, Hurricane Age. This is the uh, moment we always wait for, the one and the only uh, day where we get to talk mental health with our uh, world-renowned uh, doctor all the way from Australia, Dr. Heim. This is Climb to Your Prime with Dr. Heim. And uh, it, is, it is live. So this is a live show, not a replay. Uh, we actually are waiting for your comments on the chat box here. So please send in. We are live on multiple feeds here. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch, Twitter, and even Mixcloud. So, so if you're any of those platforms, YouTube as well. So please engage, you know, get engaged with us and chat with us, send us your comments. We'll place them up here. And uh, Dr. is ready to answer some of those. We also have questions that we've received through the station here. So we have plenty of stuff. Uh, well, uh, and also this is our last podcast for 2022. It's been a great year, a lot of stuff that happened. And we hope that we, we go out with a bang, you know, and uh, a lot of stuff is going on in the world. And actually, uh, it is actually the future in Australia. <laughs> At least uh, that's always uh, the case of my case here on Fridays. It is Saturday and they're preparing for the New Year's Eve there because that's I think that's one the first zone, I think, uh, in the world, if I'm not mistaken, or second. So they're going to be ready for a party in, in the New Year's Eve right there. So, Dr. Haim, welcome to the show, your show. This is your show. You know that, right? Oh, it's your show. It's always a pleasure being here. It's wonderful to see your smiling face and your bright eyes bringing hope to people. And as always, we're here to talk about mental health, preventative mental health. And, yeah, I suppose we're looking at the future. Uh, uh, behind me, uh, Sydney Harbour is gearing up for its um, fireworks spectacular. And I suppose because we're the first big city in the world to experience the new year, uh, we we have the privilege of bringing fireworks and the hope of a new year to the world. So I know a lot of people uh, enjoy our fireworks. I got to say, they're spectacular fireworks, Hurricane. You know, so I look forward to them. We all do, and please enjoy. Well, Doctor, you have prime stage there. I mean, you're really right there. You don't have to, you know, people have to go and struggle and be in front. I mean, you have prime real estate there. You just, you don't have to leave. You can have a nice drink and relax and just see, watch it all, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and actually, this is the first time that we're doing it from here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we've got the, the famous um, uh, Harbour Bridge just in our background here, and uh, it gets lit up with fireworks. There's a cascade of a waterfall of fireworks that come down off the top. There's a rocket of fireworks that goes left, right, left, right. It's, it's really quite spectacular, and I've not experienced it this close, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I've seen it before. I mean, they do like, you know, on TV, they show you like the world uh, as as it, uh, you know, receives the new year and, uh, you know, the, yes. the midnight clock you know, and all that stuff. Uh, and it starts with Sydney and it keeps going around the world. So so we watch all that stuff until it gets to Times Square and then it just keeps moving and, and time is just passing by. Yes. It's amazing. Right. Well, again, listen, uh, we've gone through tough days, tough years before. 2022 has been a little bit better compared to 21 and 20. We hope that 2023 is going to just be more, much better in, in every aspect of it and bring in, you know, I guess, prosperity, health, happiness, peace. Uh, and you and I we were talking just a minute ago about, you know, how, you know, people can make a difference one day at a time. And we just try to do our best here. And uh, yes. somebody, somebody's got to do it. And there's a lot of people doing it. So we just want a few, of, you know, that are, you know, helping and trying to do something here. 
and hope that our messages and our insights are getting to, to the audiences all the world. And I, I'm telling you, I mean, this show does get a lot of credits, you know, all over the world and it downloads pretty much everywhere. So because um, it, it does serve <laughs> a lot of stuff. I mean, I think we all need mental health. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. We all go through enough stress and anxiety in life. And uh, this is important to us. And I personally use a lot of stuff that I hear from you here and I've learned from you. And I apply some of those things, whether it's the breathing and, and all the acronyms that you've shared with us in the past. So, so that's it. Uh, so I have a list of questions and I'm going to start with those. And then ultimately, it, as people, you know, watching right now, they can chime in. Last, last, last month, we had a pretty good, you know, uh, engagement from Twitch. So, hey, people, if you're on Twitch, uh, whatever you are, just, just, you know, put the comments that come right to us and they'll be on the screen shortly. And then uh, the doctor will be able to answer. So. Uh, the biggest event last month, you know, that was that took the whole world, <laughs> you know, scene for a whole month was the World Cup and uh, the soccer, you know, events all over, you know, in Qatar. And uh, I know we've had uh, briefly touched on some of that last month. And uh, before we left, we had a discussion about about it. And so I do have a question about it. And it says, uh, what is the worldwide psychological effect and impact of the World Cup, positive and negative? Okay, okay. Hurricane, we've got to face facts here because the, the actual event that was uh, so important was not the World Cup, but Morocco making it to the semi-finals. You know? <laughs> okay, that's what you're talking about, you know. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Because for me, Australia made it out of the, uh, the group phase into the knockout round. And, uh, and I bring that up because... Uh, yes, yeah, so we're talking about um, my home country. We're talking about your home country. We're talking about the USA also getting on uh, in the World Cup. And I want to tie that to the whole idea of hope because you asked what is the impact of the World Cup. And look, before it started, there was a lot of talk about uh, Qatar not being up to scratch with its human rights and um, how much uh, money is being poured into it and should we actually be enjoying all of this. And, okay, so I suppose last time we spoke about some of the negative impacts of the Soccer World Cup, but the positive impacts of a Soccer World Cup is its hope. And it's actually wonderful that we're talking about this on New Year's Eve, Hurricane, because you started off talking about how we hope that 2023 is going to be just a bit better than 2022, which was just a bit better than 2021 and 2020. So the hope that something like a, a World Cup gives to everybody, because everybody can relate to, firstly, their country doing well, and then there's that little bit of imagination that, you know, it's just wonderful. If I were good at something, I could progress somehow and to see the stories of people who uh, who made it into the World Cup final from very humble beginnings uh, and to think that countries that economically are not doing well can compete and even defeat countries that are doing economically very well right means that we retain hope so aside from the impact I want to talk about how hope works in the brain because uh, hope is an amazing emotion because it brings together um, the frontal lobe thinking because we project ourselves to things that could happen and we instill it with a lot of emotions. Uh, this, this whole emotion that this is what we want, the desire that we all sort of feel, they come together in something like hope. And the amazing thing is that our brain can project itself into the future and say the future could be good. And we actually get pleasure from that. Our brain gets rewarded just by thinking that the future could be better than the present. And so when we start to get that feeling through imagination, we start to think, you know what? It may be worthwhile to put in a bit of effort to try to make that come true. And in all of our lives, Hurricane, if we're studying for a certain uh, degree, if we're working to bring some money home, if we're looking to make our relationships just a bit better, it all takes effort. And why do we put in that effort? Because the brain in the limbic system feels that with the effort, we can actually have a reward payoff in chemicals like dopamine, oxytocin and serotonin. And basically the idea of reward from effort for effort is worth it. 
<laughs> wow, that's that's pretty deep stuff. <laughs> you, well, yeah, you, it's 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 amazing, like how it goes from like just concept to like chemistry and and just how the functionality of the brain and and, and it's 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 amazing. I, I I always get mesmerized when you start breaking it down to the science. It's just uh, and it's it it is real. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it has a different impacts on everybody and everything we experience is really done in this little thing here. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And, and Hurricane, uh, I mean, you, you watch the game between Morocco and France, yeah? Yeah. yeah of did, course. You hope, <laughs> did you hope that Morocco would win? We thought they're going to do it. I mean, we were like, yeah, so, right. we, the hope was like, that's it. They're making it to the final. But but again, at the same time, you know, it was a tough game. France is no picnic. And then oh, no, 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 the world champions. They were, they were the world champions at the time. I know. So. But the thing is, because of that hope that oh, it would feel good if Morocco could actually win, then as a fan, you just support your team just that little bit more so that the players work just that little bit harder so that the whole team can have just a better outcome in that particular game. Now, of course, the French people were doing the same thing, right? Of course, yeah. They wanted a good outcome as well. And that's why it's, it's a friendly match to bring out excellence in all of us. So the thing is that as a spectator, if you hope your team wins and you barrack that much harder, the thing is to take that, to take that um, emotion that is in your limbic system, which feels so good because of dopamine reward, and say, you know what, my life could feel a whole lot better if I just put in a bit more effort. And then you go, okay, I'll study a little bit harder. I will work a little bit harder. I will argue this out and talk this out so that our relationship is a little bit better. And then when it actually gets the result, you go, ah, I was worth it. That's good. We understand each other more. We're doing a little bit better. That's what we all want. In a sense, this is what the World Cup does. It shows us what it means to be human. Because as humans, we are the only creatures on earth that think about a future and want it to be better. Well, doctor, I have to say, I mean, the, the keyword hope here, I think, I think when this whole event started, right, we were just talking about it just as, as it started, like, I think it was the same week when they launched. Yeah. And, and then, and then uh, it just kind of evolved. And uh, a lot of teams played their, their, their hearts off, right? I mean, everybody, you know, yeah. and again, I rooted for a couple of teams to start with. I mean, ultimately Morocco, the US, and actually I even, you know, rooted for Australia when they were out Thank there. You. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Morocco, okay, because because of the connection we have here, right? That, that, that's right. Well, it was right after the you know, our our show, so I had to. <laughs> you felt just righteous, right? Yeah. But 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 the really, you know, I think I think the meat that it, it first of all it brought the whole world together. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, regardless of politics and and all the nonsense that we see in the world, I mean, you saw everybody get coming together, and you're right. Uh, Qatar was not, you know, well served in terms of like, you know, uh, whether it's going to be the place, so much critic, you know, that took place in, in years before. Uh, there was so much propaganda against them, even within. And there were so many things that, you know, we don't want to talk about here in terms of politics, but but it was really negative, you know, uh, stuff that was happening. Yet uh, you can see that in no time, the positivity took over. Yes. And it just became a world event and festivity and everybody was cheering up and everybody was happy. All you saw on TikTok and Instagram and, and the social media, the news, the papers, it doesn't matter what you watch. It had to do with the, the World Cup and uh, and the stories in the World Cup. And there were so many. And and you mentioned Morocco and, and many others. I mean, Croatia is just a good example, you know, uh, from, from the previous, you know, uh, cop to this one. They also a small country that you know for a minute nobody kind of even worried about them, but they just came up with you know last last cup and this one as well, and and they were very similar. And Morocco, to your point, uh, was the other country like it was an underdog. You know nobody thought that they'll make it beyond the the, the, the qualifiers, right? And then all of a sudden they became number one in that group, and it was like wow. And again against big big teams, right? I mean you know they. Were, Belgium was was a big guy, <laughs> you know, and there's a few others, you know, so it was just like not an easy, you know, place to 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 move on. But but the whole part was, wow, if they made it, you know, everybody. And and you know what? It's funny because I was watching also that like the coach and and uh, of Morocco specifically, and and has I even did a show about him, and and where he he really gave a speech. It was in Arabic or I forget. It. I think it was in Arabic. He said, you know, uh, everybody can dream. Yes. And and everybody can do do something about it. Just dream big and, and go for it and take it one day at a time and, and just 
do work towards it and that's it. But everybody has the right to dream and to work towards a dream. And that's actually a speech that actually should be translated in every language to be honest with you, yes. because the way he said it, it, it was just really powerful and, and, and just profound. I mean, it's something that can touch the hearts and the brains. And that kind of triggered a whole different you know, concept with the people, the team specifically. I mean, they played, you know, wonders with them. But everybody, you had the fans, you had, you know, everybody, you know, was cheering up. There are countries that didn't even know what Morocco was. <laughs> you know, there are people that didn't realize what, you know, where the country was, but but yeah. they just became supporters of, of this this nobody team, right? Or I wouldn't say nobody because, I mean, they did have an impact in 86. They had, you know, other, you know, years where they really came up nicely. And uh, But this team, I mean, it, literally they had three months to prepare. And, and and the other part, these these guys came from all over. I mean, the yes. team was, was formed from, like, players that actually were double national citizenships in different countries from Europe and some of them from Morocco and they just came together in no time but they made it and they created hope for you know a lot of countries in the world that may have never thought that they could make it to that level yes and that changed yes. the dynamics I mean even for Africa right right now they they have uh, the ability to have eight countries represented in the next World Cup yes uh, <laughs> that, that was not that was not possible if an African country didn't make it to this and so so again they gave hope for Africa for the Arab world for uh, in, in the religion aspect of it the Muslim world I mean everybody was cheering it was crazy and even yes. not I mean even people from over the world they were just happy you know hey this, yes. these guys played the deserve so create a message of real love and hope and I think uh, from us you and I here it is the same thing that we deliver here it's like we hope for the better world we hope for that people can become better and yes. you, doctor, you're given some key tools to make people actually better and, yes. uh, and and hopefully guide them to whatever they have in their life. You can help them change it, tweak it and really achieve more and more and more and, and be, you know, just more productive in their own personal life, family, work and society. And yes. so I, I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Thank you, Harry. But I, I want to pull apart some of the things that you said, because they're very important, because when we talk about mental health, we often talk about individual mental health and what can I do for myself so that I am better. But you spoke about that um, uh, that speech given by the coach about dreaming, how we all have the right to dream and we all can dream. And this is the amazing thing about the Soccer World Cup. Of We had over 5 billion people in the world watching the same event. That means there were 5 billion dreams happening at the same time and what happens with those dreams is you actually get to wish each other well you actually want more african nations to be able to make it you want more south american countries to get back to where they were you want soccer to get better and so i'm going to pick out uh one particular game when uh japan defeated germany right oh no, uh, i saw that game that was that oh was yeah now, the thing is, how did they do that? You see, Japan plays a very different style of football to Germany, and Spain plays a very different style of football to Brazil. And what happens is we have all these different styles, just like all cultures have their own style. But because so many of the top Japanese players were playing in Europe uh, in the German league, they learnt what the Germans do. They learnt what they did, they incorporated that and actually defeated the Germans. And well done, okay? Because what we can do is even though we're all different, we can actually learn from each other so that we all become better, so that the excellence, and we're just talking about soccer at the moment, the expression of excellence as human beings rises higher. And this is why competition is so good because we get to try those things out. So the Japanese, with their style, learning from other people, just like the Spanish, the Brazilians, the German, the Moroccans, the Australians, bring that all together so that as human beings, as a human race, we actually improve our level of excellence. And that all starts from dreaming. I always say this, if you want to dream, dream so so big that you can scare yourself. You know, that doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, you don't lose anything, right? I mean, that's the thing. You, you, can't, you can't be cheap with your dreams, you know. And yeah. everybody's, you know, that's successful today started with dream and hope, all right? You know, and yeah. but but you complement that with action and then the rest is history and you just don't give up. That's that's the other element, I think, that, you know, when you combine all these things, things do, you know, fall in place. So, 
but but I I just think that you know uh, we've we've gone through a nice you know and by the way congrats to, to Argentina and even France for second rank you know Croatia and every team actually I, I always I think we mentioned this last time everyone that made it to the World Cup every team that made it there they had to qualify to go there and they went through a whole different you know uh, series of games and wins to get there and and frankly they're all winners. Uh, at the end of the day, there's always going to be one, you know, final finalist who's going to get the cup. And uh, Argentina, to your point, they, they they were able to get their cup this time. And uh, you know, so and you you can see like you know, it's moving from different you know territories. But but like you said, now African nations and maybe the Middle East and some other parts, even Asia, you know, like you're talking about Japan. I mean, they played and they really did a great job. I mean, unfortunately, they didn't continue. But but I I rooted for them too. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I, I literally looked up at you know all these teams that nobody cared for, and I'm like, you know what? They have they stand a chance, and if they play, they should, and and that's exactly what happened. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All and, right. And we, we we all own that. We're all part of that. Okay, because Argentina are only so good because France is so good, and France are only so good because Morocco gave them a good run for their money, and Argentina was even given a run for their money by Australia. So the whole world. Actually participates in the excellence of a World Cup final. Everybody's pushing everybody, right? Like you know, we got to do more and more to get there. And you know what? That's that's the spirit. And you know, no no harm. I mean, I think at the end, everybody was friendly. I, I mean, I love. I mean, one of the things that I can tell you, there, you know, the, the in the Moroccan game against France, right? So uh, those two guys, Hakimi, who's actually you know the Moroccan player, and Mbappe, who's you know the top player in the yeah. French team. I mean, they're actually real buddies. They're really yeah. friends. I mean, they work in the same team, and they're, they're like really, really buddy buddy. And you know, just just the you know the way at the end, you know, how they hug each other, they switch the you know, the jerseys, and and they give love to each other. And it, it, at the end, of the day, that was it. So, and right now, I was just watching today. They were actually hanging out together, you know, and getting ready for their <laughs> their regular season stuff. So, yeah. but but that's the other thing. Like you know, you compete doesn't mean that you have to fight with each other. And Soccer gives an example to the world that why do we fight? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, there's other ways. I mean, I wish instead of fighting real wars, we can just have a soccer war <laughs> and whoever wins, you know, stops the, the nonsense. Well, that's, but <laughs> that's that's the aim, Hurricane, to to stop wars and have peaceful sporting competitions. So we get the same competitive nature because that competitive nature, uh, which is related very closely to aggression, actually drives our excellence as well. All right, so you've you've got to think of a, a player like Pele, who became the greatest uh, player ever, right? Uh, he had to have that determination, which is actually the same energy as anger in the limbic system, but because he was able to control it with his thoughts to do something useful with it, he practiced, 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 to the point where he was so good. So competition and aggression does have negative consequences, but it also has positive consequences. And it's our choice as to where we channel those. Well, thank you, Doc. And, you know, again, I, I, I think Pelé, uh, he was one of the, the, the top and the best. And, okay. you know, we, we, we just lost him. And, uh, you know, but unfortunately, <clears throat> that's life. But, but yeah, I mean, he left the legacy. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's going to continue with him, you know, historically. And, uh, you know, there's others, I mean, legends that also departed, but, you know, there's new legends that are being made. And I think those are all leaders because in a way they show us, you know, a better way to, to be in life. And, 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 and their behavior there sometimes does, you know, also reflect in their way of living and how they contribute to society. And so uh, that's a great thing. All right. So, so we're going to change, uh, change gears here. Um, and we're in the spirit of the new year. So I have a few questions around the holidays here. Yes. Uh, the the first one is i think it's pretty funny because it's it's like a standard across everybody so it says why is it that people worldwide have the tendency to make new work commitments and resolutions just around the new year yet it is another day is this a cultural ritual or is it deeply psychological david uh okay so so david ultimately i don't know the answer to that question but as a psychiatrist i have to say it's deeply psychological all right because there are things that we want to do we actually want the future to be better, which means that we have to put in effort to get that dopamine reward. But, you know, David, we all stuff up. There are days when, you know, we just don't do enough study. We just don't get the work done. We don't feel like getting out of bed. And that happens to all of us. 
And so sometimes it really is a good circuit breaker for the brain to sort of say, all right, let's pick a line and say, let's start again. And this is what goal setting is all about. And all that a new year does, because as David says, it's just another day, but it's an opportunity to say, this is a new year. Let's plan for this. Let's plant our crops at the right time in the right way for the right people. And let's bear fruit for ourselves and for other people. And it's, it's a very strange thing, Hurricane, if it was just a matter of putting together some goals and staying on track, life would be easy, but we all fall off track. We all get sidelined, we all stuff up. So David, I think it's deeply psychological that the brain wants to actually manipulate the environment for good, but we have this inertia inside of us, uh, laziness, if you like, uh, wanting to goof off. And so we have to keep ourselves on track to do what we believe is the right thing to do. And that brings us back to hope and dreaming, Hurricane. Well, thank you, Doctor. And, and you know, it's amazing because I, there, I'm laughing as you speak because uh, back in the days when I worked in Disney, uh, one of the things that they did every day, they celebrated New Year. And, okay. and, and, and the concept behind it was that everybody, every day there's, there are people that are having a birthday party, which is a new year for them. So, so it kind of like, it became a new year for everyone. So there's 365 new year, you know, celebrations every day. And you get people that same celebratory, you know, concept where like, you're like, you know, being reset kind of thing. And, you know, maybe yeah. you can reset yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, as opposed to just waiting for one event a year. Um, yeah. And, and it, it is amazing because to your point, we all kind of wake up and, I wouldn't say all because I think that would be a better place to be where we all wake up in the morning like, hey, it's a new year, a new day. Let's just do the best and, and be better. I, but you're right. I mean, we do get lazy. <laughs> we do okay, get so, distracted. Okay, what I'm going to do is is quote a famous psychiatrist, and this is Carl Gustav Jung, and his, his whole approach to this. And his approach was that all of us need to reflect on what's been to make the future better. So just to take a bit of time out, and his idea was that, let's say every day, you take out three or five minutes where you just sit in a chair and you go, how did I do today? Was it okay? Is there anything that I can improve so that tomorrow's a little better, right? And he says, do this daily, monthly, weekly, and once a year, take out a whole day and say, how did I do this year? What did I think went right? What do I think went wrong? How can I reflect on this and learn from this so that the next year is just going to be a bit better? And he actually had this idea of a mental retreat where you just sit on a beach or by a river in a, in a forest or by a fireside and you just spend time yourself reflecting on where your brain has been, where all your efforts have been uh, uh, put and saying, am I heading in the right direction? Is this what my limbic system feels is right? Is this what my frontal lobe uh, thinks is the right thing to do? Have I got the right plan? And do I need to adjust to anything? And Hurricane, I do that myself. And I would uh, say to people like David, it's a good thing to do, right? Because uh, there are so many distractions out there. And so to keep on track, whatever that means for you, is actually quite an important part of what it means to be human. Thank you, Doctor. Um, we, we have a few more questions, so I'm just going to go to the next one. Yeah. Uh, so this actually has to do with the holidays, and, and I think we're still kind of the edge of the holidays. So and, and it was uh, available last time, but we, were, we didn't get to it. But I do want to make sure that we uh, respond to Jeff here. So uh, it says, uh, how can I manage holiday pressure, gifts, family expectations, and financial burdens that occur every year after the holiday season? <laughs> it, is a big, it's a, it is a big deal of everyone. Big one, big one. Okay, uh, because, okay, it's a big one because we all go through it. We all experience it. We all have financial pressure or some pressure of expectations, family pressures. And also because we tend to live further apart, there's a lot of logistical questions. Uh, getting flights or train travel or even car travel. Um, Tonight in Sydney, it's going to be chaos there on the streets, okay? So it's how we get through all of this. So what I say to people like Jeff is to go back to your values. What's more important to you than other things? And I encourage people, and I know I've spoken about this before, Hurricane, because it's really, really important to know what your top 10 values are 
and to actually have a list which you show nobody else so that you know what's most important to you in life because we're going to have to make decisions. There may be some family members that we say, yes, we're going to see you. There may be some family members that we say, sorry, we won't be able to get together. So the amount of time or allocation of financial resources, all those sort of things. So at the very least, you're being true to what you believe is the right thing to do. Because I don't know about you, Hurricane, but family members and friends, they all have their expectations. They all drag you in different directions, right? And I'm sure this is the experience of most everybody. And so you have to have a center. I'm actually going to go to Shakespeare on this, who, who basically said that if you can be true to yourself, to thine own self be true, because then you can be false to nobody else. So if you can be true to yourself, you're at least not lying to other people. You're doing the best that you can. And so that takes a little bit of planning before the holiday season. And after a holiday season, it takes, okay, how did I do? What did I get right? What needs to be improved? And actually writing these things down so that next year you just read this thing in early uh, December and sort of say, okay, Jeff, don't do this. Jeff, do this. Jeff, this was a good idea. Jeff, you can skip that one, all right? That way we do just a little bit better because as human beings, we do want the future to be better. The future is very important to us. Well, yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> without it, if we don't deliver a good future, I mean, there's no, there's no reason, right? I mean, we'll be living yeah. and just ending it. So, uh, and we all have families and, and children. We hope that they have a better life and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, obviously we are building that foundation for them. Uh, but, but I do want to just address, you know, the, the whole thing about the holiday because uh, sometimes it, it is a cultural thing for the most part and, yes. uh, you know, more than religious. And I think I think what's happening, people sometimes are forced sometimes to to just do more because of what people, you know, what they think, you know, people would say or how people yes. would react to them. Yes. Uh, if I don't give a gift, you know, that's going to be a problem, right? It's going to be a serious yeah. issue, right? You know, or, or like I want to be perceived like, you know, I'm cheap or whatever. I'm not a good, you know, family member. I don't care. And I think that's the thing. So it's anxiety and people sometimes they, they really dread that and or they go extravagant and they put themselves in debts and so on and so forth. So, so it is challenging for people. And, you know, what we say to people, I mean, what if you can afford things, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, what would be like an advice to, to just alleviate some of the, that, that anxiety of people like, well, I, I, I'm going to hide from everybody because I can't afford. See, for me, for example, I would say if, if you can't, I'd rather see you, right? visit me and hang out with me for a holiday than actually expect a gift from me. That just me. Actually, I learned that from my dad, you know, that was his concept. You know, do you want my gift? Do you want me? I mean, I think I'm the best gift. You know, if family is more relationship is better than just a, an item. Now an item does add value, but, but if I can't afford it, why not? You know, I can, some people hide and will cut off people just because they can't bring in a gift, which I think that's wrong. But again, I'm, I'm not the expert, but that's just the behavior. <laughs> so what do you say to that, Doc? Yeah, so, so this, is, this is a really difficult area. And I'm going to tell a personal story about this because, Hurricane, we're doing all right, okay, in Sydney. Um, and giving gifts, small gifts, was fine when uh, we kind of needed stuff. But now when we've got a lot of our material fill, uh, things fulfilled, we sort of thought, oh, are we going to give gifts to people again, right? Uh, and what we actually decided to do was starting to give charity gifts. Your mm. gift is you have bought three goats for somebody in, uh, in Nigeria, okay? Or um, you now own a tree in this particular part of the world. And uh, we thought it would be a good idea just to spread the goodwill, give a gift, but it actually helps somebody else. That didn't go down too well in the family to begin with, I've got to tell you. <laughs> in fact, we got into trouble for it, okay? But wow. over the years, we found that more people have started to do this, right? Uh, so it's cultural change because it comes down to family expectations or expectations of a particular culture uh, that these things get done or that means that you love us less, which, of course, is not true. Everybody actually loves their family, right? It's just how that gets expressed in the complexities of a, a modern world. And so we continue to do things like that, but we 
we still have to tread a bit carefully because you have to stay in relationship to people. And that, in a way, brings it down to what it's like being an independent person in amongst a whole lot of other independent people. You can't just do what you want all the time. You have to negotiate. And all of life is negotiation so that we all get to play well together and enjoy even holiday seasons. Well, thank you, Doctor, for sharing. First of all, that that's personal, but but thank you for sharing that. I mean, but but you're right. It is it is difficult because, in one hand, you want to be with the family and you want to do that. And yeah. I love I, I love your concept, by the way. I mean, it is sometimes that tree is going to serve a purpose for many years to come, and it's not as many times you get a gift. I mean, you probably use it for a couple of times and it's over, right? You just dump it and you break it or whatever. You don't have to use it anymore. As, the value is limited at the time, but something like what you said about a tree or feeding a family somewhere where it's needed, I mean, that, that goes a long way. But 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 you're right. The immediate people are like, well, I don't care about that. I, you know, what are you, what are you to me, right? You know, what's your value to me? And I think, I think the issue is that over, I guess, years and centuries, you know, this thing escalated to become more of economical than yes. anything else. So, so there's too much pressure in the media. Everything is all about shop, 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 shop and gift yes. season. And so now we're almost obligated to do things versus yes. like, you know, it has to be from the heart. I want to do it because I want to do it, not because I'm obligated yes. to. And yes. I think that's the, that's the problem. Obligation versus like, you know, free will. I want to just do it because I want to. Yes. I, I want to yes. give something to you because I love you, because I want to give you yes. something, show you that, you know, the, the relationship we have. But not necessarily because I have to, because somebody else is doing it, right? Uh, and, and that's a difficult place to be because, to your point, it doesn't always go well. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give a very practical uh, approach to this because some people actually show their love by giving gifts. Some people actually show their love by spending time with other people. And sometimes we don't understand that we're just doing different things to show love. But when it comes, let's say, to a family gathering, to actually talk about uh, a family holiday gathering about a month before it takes place. And you say something like, okay, what if we do no gifts this year, all right? Or what if we do gifts just to the value of such and so much? Or what if we all got together and chipped in and then gave a big gift to a charity, okay? Uh, but the point is to talk about it. There's no right or wrong answer, but the obligation comes when people don't let others know what they actually believe. Like if somebody says, no, well, gifts are actually important to me, right? Well, that's good information. Where somebody else will say, well, look, gifts aren't that important to me. I just want to see you. That's all good information. And then to go through a few suggestions, at least everybody gets to affirm their love for each other and to acknowledge that, you know what, this is a problem in today's world. It's, it's not just a given like it was 20 or 30 years ago. We've got to nut this out. And to for everybody to have a say, that's the negotiation that we can have so that we as human beings can get on in this world a bit better. Thank you, doctor. I think, I think we can use that. And I think everybody can apply some of this, this advice because, you know, just to, to navigate the whole, you know, holidays. And by the way, these holidays do come back, you know, over and over. So it's recurring and there's multiples during throughout the year. So, I mean, yeah. the next one is, is a big one, right? Uh, Valentine's, right? <laughs> the love well, holiday. That's yeah. right. Okay, and, and just a warning, even talking about it doesn't mean that the problem will just go away, all right? Okay, <laughs> so the problems will still be there, but we understand each other a little bit better. And that actually feels good if we can understand each other. All so, right. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, please. Oh, no, no, you, you brought up Valentine's, and I, I sort of thought we can, can talk about that next month, uh, sort of just before Valentine's, but... Um, yes, yes, we will. So not the topic of the day, but, but definitely it's coming up. <laughs> So I, I know because again, you—that's that's a whole specific month, and we can talk about yeah. all the good stuff there. Um, so now I, I do have—we probably going to change gears here. So there's there's a few questions that came in. So this one is okay. That's interesting. I am so tired of road bullies, and <laughs> sometimes it gets to me, and I don't want to become one. It is such an irritating behavior, and as much as I try to control myself, I find that I get so close to reacting as well. I cannot comprehend what goes on on some of the driver's minds to really be pushy and aggressive on the road, you know, honking, tailgating, etc. What can I do to avoid becoming one of them? Okay, that's that's a really good question. So, so we're talking about road bullies, yep. and uh, in Australia we call it road rage. Uh, people who are basically acting out badly on the road and venting their anger 
because they've got an agenda and they don't want anybody else to get in their way. Very difficult. Okay, just a few things about that. Firstly, it's a bit like cyberbullying because you are doing it with strangers, because you're protected by your own vehicle, there's actually less consequence to showing your anger than uh, if you are face-to-face, like uh, talking like this, people tend not to show their anger because it can escalate into an actual fist fight, okay? And unfortunately, I have seen road range or road bullies stop and actually have a fist fight. It's, it's a very sad thing to see, okay? Same does. Yeah, okay, so a few things. Firstly, uh, one of the message about humanity is um, there's not a lot of traffic out there because you're part of the traffic, right? So in other words, it's not a problem of everybody out there because you're part of it. You are one of those people out there that is adding to the chaos and the confusion and the expectations. So that keeps us just a little humble to sort of say, well, at the very least, I don't want to add to this uh, road rage. And, and just as your uh, listener said there, how do I make sure that I don't become one of these people, right? And that's a good attitude first, because the very first thing to do is to make sure that you're not adding to the road rage, right? So a few tips on that. When you get into a car, however long the trip is going to take, add about five or ten minutes to say you don't have to be there right at that time. Okay, so that you give yourself just a bit more leeway. Secondly, to put on some music or something to listen to so that you are spending the time usefully. And something that I do is actually I remind myself that there are going to be some angry people out there because they're having a hard time, not because they're angry people, but things happen to them in life. So I might get a few uh, beeps or honks or, or people cutting in front of me or whatever. So when you're prepared for that, when it happens, you can just let go a bit easier, okay? So that rather than saying, there goes a damn angry person, you can say, there goes a person who's having a hard time, right? So you just put the brakes on and you just let them go because you want to wish them well. You want their life to go a bit better, even just for the idea that you get a lot less road rage yourself, okay? But to do all of that, we have to be how do I put it, conscious, mindful. Mm. You actually have to think about these things. If you're caught up in the moment yourself, if you're in a hurry, if you're under pressure, that's when you are in high chance of becoming one of these people yourself. So uh, when you sit down in the car, put the seatbelt on, just to have a reminder right at that moment, just when the click goes in, you go, ah, click. Okay, so you've got a click in my mind. I'm here to relax for the next half hour. I'm here to take it easy. I'm here to get out of other people's way so that I can enjoy this. And if you're able to do that and you need something that's going to trigger off these thoughts in you, and I use the click of the seatbelt, right? Uh, Some people will have a a sign up in the car that says something like, chill, love (laughs) is the answer, keep it quiet, you know? Other people have a hard time whatever, something like that. Uh, But I'm giving people the click at the moment because it's something that everybody does. And anybody who hears this, next time they hear the click, they'll go, oh, that's right. I can just chill a little bit more so that the roads are just a little bit less angry and I'm not adding to the problem. I'm part of the solution. Really good question. Thank you. And you know what? I want to add some stuff to it because first of all, I I think, you know, I'm not going to say that I've been crazy on the road, but but I've had moments where you know you get excited too. I mean, it's it's I'm guilty just like everybody else. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on the road, and uh, you know, 99% of the time you're good, but there's always somebody that comes off, and you get really excited and you want to do something about it, and then you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna like it's just not they move on. But but uh, but but I love what you said about, for example, giving yourself ample time. You know, we we don't have to rush to go places. As a matter of fact, I, I, I can tell you. We all contribute, not just by being in traffic. So, for example, as an employer or as a manager or as a lead, you know, somebody that has, you know, uh, a team, for example. Uh, one thing that I've, you know, I've grown, you know, over the years to believe is that nobody needs to be in the office at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, you know, and uh, you have to, that's fine. But, like, some people make a meeting at 8.30 and 9 o'clock, and what you see is that people are rushing, they're coming out of their, their sleep, they're tired. 
they're not happy. They're not in the best place. They're stressed out. And they just make it to that office because they have no choice because their job is on the line. And you yeah. create extra. And that's what happens. We see these people like swerving all night because they're late in the meeting. So one of the things I applied in my own life is that I never set up a meeting at nine o'clock, you know, for the last few years. That's I, great. I, I stopped that. My meeting started at 10, 1030. And then the last meeting is going to be at 334. The latest, that's the worst. I mean, if we have to. So uh, there is no reason. There's nothing that I can make a difference between eight and nine o'clock, to be honest with you. Uh, the, you know, the, the next few hours is still going to be there and you can do more. And it's an old, I think, mentality in business. But but I think it contributes to a lot of the stuff. You know, when someone typically is rushing, unless they have an emergency, it's usually something that has to do with work related. And that's when they like, you know, they get to make a next appointment because their job is online. That's the other thing. There is things that actually, you know, that are the causes to why people are rushing and going crazy because they're they're worried and they're worried and now they're not caring about what's going on. Sometimes they even take a chance by, you know, getting pulled over, they get tickets, yeah. and then ultimately accidents can happen. And then now they, they you know, one, two minutes, you know, later is, is probably safer than actually going crazy and doing all these stunts and then wind up in a tree or in a cliff or, God forbid, hurting somebody or killing somebody. And and, and it's unfortunate. But, but I think we all can contribute to that, you know, over time. If we are conscious as, as, as members of studies, if we have the impact, if we have the ability to change some of the dynamics. I mean, today, you know, people work remotely, hybrid roles and stuff. So to, there's less, I mean, there's commuters, you know, things, and there's sometimes... You know uh where you, you can get people to carpool there's so many things to your point the first thing is like we're complaining but we are in it i mean we add to those to those vehicles right and you know and that's it like sometimes you get someone that is completely slow on the lane and you get excited like you want to move around so everybody has to be conscious so whatever the status is you just have to be in balance and that's not always easy but if we can help somehow to 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 limit some of those those anxieties and stresses to other people, if you have the ability to do it, do it. And like, like I said, I give an example that I applied myself. Like that was just a rule that I applied, you know, probably the last 10 years. I mean, before that I was crazy and I was demanding from people because I didn't realize that how bad it is until I started feeling myself like, you know, why am I going crazy? You know, yeah. and uh, because that just tends to do this and it's not going to make a difference that half hour or an hour and you can still get the same things done. And so that just, just my take on it. So you know, for what it's worth. <laughs> uh, it's very the other thing that you're doing, Hurricane, is the language that you're using. Uh, you're not saying, oh, I'm getting upset or I'm getting angry. You're saying, oh, I get excited, right? Uh, and so that already puts a positive spin on it. But using words like chill, relax, quiet, tranquil, they actually help because uh, our brain thinks in words. Uh, and those words are there, there are dialogues that we have with ourselves all the time. So rather than saying things like, don't get angry, don't get angry. There are some angry people. It's just chill, just relax so that the brain hears the right thing to do. And it starts to happen. Now I could go to a part of the brain that does all of that. And, but that gets quite complex, but basically our whole brainstem will start to react to our frontal lobe uh, because all the messages that come from the uh, frontal lobe and the way that we think it creates an environment for the whole of the brain and then for the whole of the body to actually exist. It's all about the environment. Get a good environment. Okay. By the way, I love what you said about the music and just the, you know, you kind of set yourself, you know, and, you know, just the, the, the subconscious piece about the click. I think those things all kind of become part of you if you do. I, again, I love driving, so I enjoy it. I can drive literally from here to to Florida in, in a heartbeat, and I won't even feel it. Just take on cruise control and, and guide it. I don't care, and I'll take my lane and just let people just zoom if they have to. Now, if I'm, I need to to get my speed, I get in. But you know, like I said, ninety nine percent that's just me. I'm just chilling, and, and frankly, especially if you are doing, if you're working, and driving is part of your life. I mean, you don't want to be going crazy all the time on the road because you're going to lose your license and you're not going to be able to work. So, you know, uh, and, and sometimes, but from an employer's or at least, you know, for someone that can make a difference, another advice that I would give is something I've actually also used. You know, when you have some, somebody, because uh, you know, here's the thing, in the morning, you know, there are there are people that have children, they have to take them to school, they have this, that, this traffic, you know, you create more by by creating that, that early influx. And, you know, you pass nine o'clock, the influx is gone already, you know, at least it's lesser. So in New York City, I mean, that's always going to be traffic, but but there's always a lesser point. And 
I was able to actually shift some people's, you know, schedules to make sure that I accommodate where they don't have to go crazy and be in the office, you know, earlier and then just go to yeah. all that range. Because first of all, they're not even going to be productive because they come in already with their mind is already like out there. So you want them to come in nice and peaceful, ready to to give. And so again, just just another advice that I I applied myself. But again, just little things make a difference. Make a big difference. Right. <laughs> All right, all right. So now I have one uh, additional question. In the interest of time, I think uh, we get we get some more time. Uh, I have such a low self-esteem that I let myself go, just eat and drink and hide from the most part from any social engagement. I feel so down and can't figure out how to come out of the state. Not sure if this is depression or something else. Uh, would meds work for me, or can I defeat this with no drugs? Uh, no name. Okay, okay. So sorry, who is that from? Uh, no name, just no name. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, so this is this is a really difficult thing because there, there's a number of layers to this question. Uh, firstly, for somebody to decide whether drugs are the right thing to go, medications are the right thing to go, or a talking therapy, or do it yourself, um, a professional needs to at least be seen once to make that kind of assessment, uh, because. Hurricane, I know it's a cliche, but everybody is different. Everybody has different needs. And to know what helps in one particular situation, uh, somebody has to see that person. Having said that, though, uh, we do live in a society that puts a lot of pressure on self-esteem. Uh, it's a lot of pressure on feeling good about ourselves. And as a psychiatrist, I've got to, I've got to let people in on a little secret. Um, and that is that People actually don't feel good about themselves. It's actually more usual for people to go, you know what, I know some of the things that I think. I know some of the things that I feel. How can I feel good about that? So the reason that I'm saying that is I want to take away that pressure that you should have a high self-esteem uh, because most people actually have a low self-esteem. The question is, can you let yourself off the hook? Can you let go? Can you say, well, my intention is to do as good as I can and to reward yourself and acknowledge that you're doing the best that you can? Because sometimes we look at other people and we think, oh, haven't they got a great life or aren't they doing well? Because we're judging their outsides and we can't hear their thoughts or their feelings. And if we were to hear each other's thoughts and feelings, and thank goodness that we can't because it would get far too much for us all, we'd have a bit more understanding for each other and we'd actually see, you know what, nobody actually feels good about themselves. We're all trying our best. So I'm going to divide the answer to this in two parts. One, if medication or talking therapy is right for you, you're going to have to see somebody to make that decision together. But the second part is that we live in a society that is putting a lot of pressure on people to have a high self-esteem. And so people actually feel like more of a failure when they don't achieve that. And so that's why I'm letting people in on this secret that in a way it's okay to feel bad about yourself as long as you can let yourself off the hook and encourage yourself to keep doing the best that you can. Because when you do, you start to feel good about yourself because it's not self-esteem that you want. It's actually self-respect, okay? It's the feeling that I'm doing what's right. I'm trying to do what's right. I'm a bit better today than I was yesterday. I want to be a bit better in 2023 than I was in 2022. I want our team to do just a little bit better in the next World Cup than the last one. And that all has to do with excellence in ourselves but also in the whole human race and even in soccer hurricane <laughs> well thank you doctor and, and you know it's amazing i'm listening to you and and first of all it's great to hear the the idea that you have um like that everybody pretty much can have that same you know scenario where we all feel somewhere you know we don't have the best esteem right but 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 the part that i i, I wanted to just to, to talk about is that Personally, I think we create that, right? Because we are more mostly thinking about what other people think about us. Yeah, I, think, yes. I, think that, I think that's the issue mostly yes. is because we are worried about what people are going to think as opposed to just worry about like, you know, just 
I'm comfortable who I am, how I look. I don't care what people think. I don't care. If we can add that attitude to it, I think we can probably do more. Now, it's easier said than done, but, but you know, it takes some, some, I guess, practice. You know, I mean, people make fun of me. I'm okay. You know, it is what it is. I can't change it. <laughs> I look the way I look. I mean, I'm not going to change that, right? You know, there's nothing I can do. I mean, yeah, I can go and, and do my maybe plastic surgery. I'm just giving an example, but but it could yes. be anything, right? You know, I, I got, you know, maybe a weight issue. Well, guess what? I can diet, I can do stuff, but I don't care what people think. If the minute we stop thinking about what other people think about us, I think that can change the dynamics on how we feel. Uh, yes. and, and I think that's a big, you know, differentiator, I think, in terms of how we deal with this. I, I personally, that's my my thing. I don't worry about what people think. So, yes, yeah, so, so Hurricane, you're adding the idea of acceptance. And so uh, a saying such as you've got to play the hand that life has dealt you, right? So in other words, we're not going to change our eye color, our skin color. We're not going to change how tall we are, okay? There are some things about ourselves that we just need to accept. This is who I am. But given that, you then sort of say, okay, so this is my hand. This is what life has dealt me. What can I do with that? And we all try to do our best, okay? Uh, and the idea of accepting who you are and where you are is a big part of that equation. So thanks for that hurricane. Yes. No, no, I, I you know, I, I, thank you. I mean, I, I just, I just kind of like, I apply that, that, because to your point, I mean, when, when you're young and this, especially uh, kids, I mean, they get through a lot of that bullying school and things. And, and mostly it's people making fun of you for no reason. I mean, I, again, I, when I was a kid, I had some of that myself. I was yeah. short, I was skinny, and people look at me like, you know, they, they used to make, call me chickpea, <laughs> you know, so, but, but you know what, I, it's, I endorsed that, I accepted it, whatever, call me whatever you want, call me, you know, anything you want, it doesn't matter, it doesn't affect me, and, you know, but, but it takes time to build to that, you know, level yes. of, and again, I, I, I use different th things, like martial arts was one of the things to give me a confidence and whatever, but I mean, there's different tools out there. But at the end of the day, to, 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 to what you said, I mean, you defined it better than I did, obviously, <laughs> which was acceptance. And, and I think that changes the dynamics of how you deal with things. And again, yes. you said it before also, like uh, in a previous show, it, things that you can't change, you can't change. Why worry about them? Yes, I, I right. remember it like yesterday. <laughs> that's right. And uh, so just to bring it back to self-respect, you mentioned martial arts and how that helped you. If all of us can find one thing that we're good at, now, we do not have to be world champions. We do not have to win trophies. But one thing that we're good at, I'm good at understanding other people. I'm good at communicating my needs. I'm good at whatever it is, okay? It doesn't have to be I'm, I'm a great soccer player or I'm really intelligent. Just to sort of say, this is part of me. And I'm actually good at, good at that. And all that it takes is looking in your past and see where did you put in effort and that gave you a good result. And then you can say, I did that. I actually did that. And with that, you start to build self-respect. And the other way to build self-respect is to make decisions that you admire, right? So what decision can I make here that I would feel good about if somebody made this decision, okay? Or to use the words of another psychiatrist, and here I'm going to somebody who survived the Holocaust. His name was Viktor Frankl. He said, the secret to life is this, try to live life as though you're living your life for the second time and you want to get it right this time. So what he's saying in that is making decisions that you say, you know what, that's the right thing for me to do. Because when you do that, you can respect yourself for doing the best that you possibly can. I but I'll even add to that. We will fail in that, okay? In which case, you got to let yourself off the hook and be forgiving of yourself. Pick yourself up and go, okay, I'll just try it again. That too builds with self-respect. Oh, thank you, Doctor. And, and you know what? We 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 have to build that. I mean, we're all human and we all kind of feel that. And, and you're right. Like, there's always, like, the stuff that's going around us always puts us down in terms, in, in terms of, like, well, what, we don't want to fit in. And you want to fit in a certain category. Uh, now with some of the shows that we see, I mean, it's all about you know luxury and this and that, and the people are really putting themselves like they feel like they're just not up to par with everybody else's you know uh, expectation and causes a little bit of a dilemma. Again, you know what your means are, you know who you are, and you just have to to work with that. Again, uh, that's just an easy way to do it. But again, I love I love the powerful stuff that you just mentioned about it's a second you know shot in life. 
use it better, <laughs> you know, start differently. Uh, that, that's a beautiful concept that I think we, we, should, we should all apply. It doesn't matter how we feel, but I think we should apply that because that will give us a restart every every time to a better place. Well, doctor, I think we've just, you just hit our, our mark here. <laughs> we have a few more questions. We'll save them for the next one. Uh, yep. next month so again uh our first broadcast for 2023 will be at the last friday of uh january and uh again it is a live show the number is on the screen so when we are live you can call us you can also send us a chat it will be uh on all the different media social media pieces where you can actually chat with us um that being said doctor uh, have a happy new year and ahead of us you know, and uh, I guess you, you'll be in the next year before us. So tell us how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Send us a message to the past and say, hey, it's great so far. <laughs> you know, okay, the future's looking bright. So have a happy new year when it gets to you. OK, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You start the, the tradition and just send the wave over here. All right. And, and folks, you know, thank you for watching, listening. And uh, for those that are with us today, if not, you know, happy new year uh, for the whole next, you know, uh, 12 months and enjoy and may this new year be more prosperous a lot of health wealth and, and happiness and peace in the world so thank you so much